Today on CityCast Chicago, it's been a year since the murder of George Floyd. It sparked international protests for black lives, shined light on other police killings and failed reforms, and created ripples across culture. Yet I ask, has much really changed? One thing that has remained a constant, though, is the trauma many black people are still experiencing and learning to manage. Racism tells us that we can't rest. It tells us that we have to keep fighting, that we have to stay on alert. And that's how we've been the past year. When we don't try to heal, then we're just like, it feels like we're letting racism win in a way. Today is Tuesday, May 25th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. First, a little bit of news, y'all. Cardinal Blaze Supich reinstated longtime pastor and anti-violence activist Father Michael Flager at St. Sabina Church in Auburn Gresham. Remember, the Archdiocese suspended Flager five months ago as they investigated him for allegations of sexual abuse. They concluded there was insufficient reason to suspect abuse. For the second year, the Chicago School Board will vote on whether or not to move elementary and middle school kids into the next grade regardless of what their report cards say. Have you noticed how crazy expensive Uber and Lyft have been lately? One moment the ride costs $15, the next is $65. City Council will finally introduce an ordinance tomorrow to cap surge fees for ride shares. We will see how it goes. Some good news. The White Sox have a few home series coming up and more fans will be allowed in as capacity is now at 60% for commit cellulite rate field. The CityCast Chicago team will be in the building soon. For more Chicago stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. We'll come to a game in Wrigley Field to relax. This was not the relief that I was hoping it would be, but it's kind of really tough for us to feel relief when there have been no major reforms or changes. We're also thinking about Dante Wright. We're also thinking about Adam Toledo. All of them are still gone. That's writer and Northwestern journalism professor Ariane Nettles talking to us back in April after the murder conviction of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. She has since written the article, George Floyd's Murder, Racial Battle Fatigue, and 365 Days of Trauma. It was published on Zora, a digital magazine aimed at black women. So how are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. I think, you know, I hate to use the word anniversary because it does it never feels appropriate. I have to be really honest. You addressing the discomfort of using the word anniversary has been sitting on me for weeks because... It's a year to the day that so many of us had to watch a man be murdered in front of us. And for so many of us, it was not the first time. And so I've just been carrying this heaviness in me over the last couple of weeks as we've approached this day. And your words that you've recently published for Zora they brought me a little bit of comfort. Can you tell me a little bit about that piece? We're not okay. I think that it is important to really note that because I've had several talks with 
people who are not black, um, specifically, you know, white friends and coworkers and colleagues. And I think that there is an assumption, a very incorrect assumption that last summer was this amazing racial reckoning where the whole country came together to fight against police brutality and against like systemic racism. But since then, like not even by the end of the year, studies show that support for Black Lives Matter went back down to levels before this incident happened. Mm -hmm. But for black people, we've continued to carry this on, right? One of the terms that came up in your writing was this racial battle fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I had seen it written in a way that so clearly illuminated what I feel like myself, my friends, my family, the people I'm watching, the young people I'm watching in my classes, what they're going through. Can you explain to people a little bit about what racial battle fatigue is? Racial battle fatigue is if you have to keep fighting, you know, like, so when we talk about how we have to be on alert at all times and how we have to fight battle after battle, right? Like, it's kind of like we feel like we're in this war and every single thing that happens there's something else that happens right after it. You know, you don't get to rest. And so we are literally afraid to be happy or to be calm or to be happy, like, you know, to feel good about anything. And so it's really difficult. I remember it was a point in time where there were so many names and I felt so horrible because I could not remember like the name. So, you know, you'd be talking to somebody and you're like, who got killed by the police? This person? Oh, no, no, this person. Oh, wait, no, that name. I forgot that name. Right. Because there's so it was so many, you know, and you just kind of keep trying to push past it so that you can keep going. And sometimes that's still affecting us. And so we can't push past it and kind of ignore it. We need to process what we feel and, you know, figure out what we want to do about it. Stay with us as I continue this conversation with Ariane. Since we're not doing ads yet at CityCast Chicago, we've instead been highlighting the places in the city that matter to you. Love letters to our city. Maddie Green is sending love to Emma Shea Cakery and Cafe in Bronzeville. Maddie likes the donuts, plus it's vegan sticky buns and banana pudding. He says, it's the black women who own and operate MSHA that make it feel like home. Manning, we love to hear that. Send us an email at chicago at citycats.fm with your love ladder to a business. As you were reporting this story, what were some of the comforting things that you were hearing from people as they are, like you said, reckoning with the last year of not only surviving a pandemic, but you know, another battle against police brutality and and white supremacy. Yeah, I think the comforting thing is to know that, like, you are not alone. You know, there was a lot of talk about collective healing and healing as a community, healing as a village, because things like this can feel and, you know, they are insurmountable when you're dealing with it by yourself. I talked to a lot of black healthcare professionals, and I think even just hearing from them, you know, saying like, well, this is how we process. This is how the people I talk to process it. It gave me the opportunity to really focus on resistance as care and care being resistance. One person I talked to said, racism tells us that we can't rest. It tells us that we have to keep fighting, that we have to stay on alert. And that's how we've been the past year. Really, when we don't try to heal, then we're just like, it feels like we're letting racism win in a way. 
Let's stay there a little bit. What are some of the things that first you've done individually for your family to heal? What are some of the practice that practices that you've implemented? I think one of the most common things that we hear a lot is, you know, disconnecting from the outside world. And, you know, for us in media, that's not necessarily something that we can do a lot. But sometimes just even setting boundaries to what times you do it has been helpful for me. I mean, it's really it's really difficult. But even, you know, getting up and saying, you know what, it's OK. I can't do this today. And it's OK that I can't do this today. Like I need to have a day where I am watching silly TV that is, you know, that is that has no no seriousness. I recently saw your comfort films on Twitter. Oh yeah, right. How many times have you watched Coming to America? Oh, a million, and it's all coming. And I think, yeah, I think all every single thing I posted, all my comfort films, they were all comedies because it's like that for me. Laughing is like a way to get away. Another thing that I think has been therapeutic in a way. Really, like, there's power in telling your story, right? There's power in maybe giving somebody the language that they didn't know that they needed to address the racist situation, you know? Yeah. But without a sustained energy like we saw when thousands, hundreds of thousands of people hit the street, it's going to be hard to keep these issues at the forefront, you know, a sort of mainstream consciousness. How, How do we work to sustain that movement moving forward? Yeah, I think we just, we don't let people forget, you know? And I think when we talk about all of us working together, those of us who, if you have any type of platform or voice, that now it may be, maybe that's us. Like now we're up, you know, to make sure that people do not forget because we know people will forget. And so, and we can't make people care. But I think, you know, one thing that I've been really adamant is about is like, you're not going to tell me that this, that that was a change because that wasn't a change. And so, you know, my attitude is, is that like, do better. If you really are an ally and you're really down, then do better. You know, we all need to do better in whatever way. So like, do better. Yeah. Uh, Ariana, I I appreciate you, like you said earlier, giving people the language to better understand their experiences is something that you've personally done for me. Like the words you recently published helped me to navigate my sort of growing pessimism. Thank you. Because I constantly feel that we are living in this cycle it, it has an impact. I just want to make that clear. It really does have an impact. Same, same. Right back at you, brother. We got to keep going. <laughs> hey, Ariane Nettles is a journalist and a lecturer at Northwestern's Journalism School. I appreciate you stopping by CityCast Chicago. Thank you so much, Jacoby. I'll see you next time. I'll talk to you next time. That's our show for Tuesday, May 25th. As always, I appreciate you for listening. I hope this episode helps you If you're still moving through your trauma, your pessimism, I hope you know that you're not alone. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.